Welcome back to another episode of Whiteboard Weekly. Jason Ackerman, Carl Eagleman here discussing all things, all things Q related. Is that what you would say, Carl? Uh, all things coaching related. Um, coaching related. I like yeah, that. Yeah, okay, Carl. Because we, you know, it's up until now, uh, we have discussed nothing but cues, it seems like. And that's great. The cueing is a, is a massive part of coaching. But anybody will tell you that there's a lot more to coaching than just spouting off cues. And I think we're going to get into exactly that today. I'm very glad, very excited about our topic of discussion. As am I. I love all of your drawings. I love all of the cues, but definitely the ones you put out there that are all about actually being a coach yeah. resonate well with me. So for the listeners, if you want to see the actual image, March 29th of 2019, and the title says, things anybody can say in your brackets you say coaching method so when you, when you put up a picture carl sometimes you have perspective coaching method um progressions cue how do you decide which one you're going to put up there in that in, in between those two solid lines yeah it just depends on i mean it kind of started off with just being coaching cues and then i started to realize there's so much other stuff that i wanted to uh, draw up and share to people. And so I would come across um, coaching perspectives or coaching method or coaching technique, or uh, sometimes I would just do movement library or I would do a nine foundational movement series. So just a way to kind of uh, benefit both myself and also uh, the person reading it to kind of categorize the, the topic. And today's topic, like it, like it says, uh, is a coaching method or it's also a coaching technique, but uh, basically, what we're going to be talking about here is what differentiates uh, just a regular person from a coach, or hopefully a great coach. And uh, I'm going to let you keep on reading through the caption, and then we'll, 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 we'll dig into it. Awesome. So under coaching method, are you a great coach or are you a cheerleader? And, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but I think it's okay. It's like a Venn diagram. Like there's got to be a little bit of overlap. Yeah. yeah. Encouragement. And then you go on to say encouragement is important. However, if Bob slash Sue can't squat, he or she is going to need a lot more than a coach shouting, let's go. Three basic skills that can separate you from being just anybody else. Call people by name, know strengths and weaknesses of each member of your class, use short, effective, actionable cues. See, hashtag Chuck Carswell. We gotta get Chuck Carswell, I I, you know, there's a brief moment in time I almost created a fake Chuck Carswell account and I knew he would laugh about it, but I also knew deep down he would be mad at me. So I never did it. But yeah. I think if there's a listener, feel free to make a, a Chuck Carswell Instagram, but I don't want to take responsibility. Uh, Chuck Carswell, he's, he's a legend. Uh, to me, he's a legend. Yeah, he's uh, just one of those that, um, man, just so much wisdom and I love his delivery. Uh, there's no question that, uh, he is, he's known for, he's, he's a, he's a flow master for, uh, is it both CrossFit level ones and level twos perhaps? Uh, oh yeah. And also yeah. the master's, uh, seminar that, you know, sometimes out there sometimes, I don't know if it's still around, but yeah. he was leading that as well. Yeah. And I really, I, well, I really like listening to him speak because he doesn't fluff. He doesn't provide a lot of fluff with his words. Every single word that he says seems to have some kind of meaning to it. And that, to me, that goes a long way. I try to do the same thing and sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Yeah, just, you know, 
one of those people on this planet that everyone seems to love. And, and I was going to say, he's also at the forefront of CrossFit's new endeavor into, you know, the, I forget what they call them, but they're basically giving back to the people that maybe can't afford or for kids, you know, all the, all the new level ones that are going on out there. He's, he's doing probably about one a month right now. Yeah. Fantastic. So it, it, it's really awesome to see. So was this the first drawing you did that had more to do with coaching versus a cue? Probably yes. Uh, it was one of those things where up until this point, I had probably focused a lot more on kind of drawing pictures of cues uh, with stick figures. And this is one of those first ones that uh, if you are a coach that strives for virtuosity and strives to be the best you can possibly be, I would assume that this is a hot topic for you as well, because it's really easy to see which coaches um, want to be like that type of, of, of person. Um, there are many out there that, that just like they clock in, uh, they might be sipping on their coffee and playing on their phone while the, the class is warming up. Uh, they might be uh, not really paying attention to uh, form or technique or opportunities to help other people. Um, but there are people on the opposite side of the spectrum, those that just really strive to help others. And you can tell are just like born to be there. And I wanted to address the difference between those types of people. It, it, you know, anybody can really, these days, anybody can kind of call themselves a coach. And especially with Instagram and social media, and you have influencers and you have brand ambassadors and you have online coaches and people who um, might have a decent amount of following and they think that, well, that brings some kind of uh, uh, credibility with it. But that doesn't really matter. I think uh, Active Life Professional, they posted, a, uh, um, they had a post where it said, uh, like the, some of the best coaches in the world have less than 100 followers or something like that. It, it's like, you can't base uh, somebody's social media influence um, on their coaching. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I wanted to talk about the differences between uh, just the everyday person, some, that everybody can, some things that anybody can say, and some things that a great coach would say. And, and that's where we are right now. Yeah, and I think it's important to address this, and I want your opinion. You know, you say things anybody can say, which is absolutely true. And then things a great coach says when you swipe right. But I also think there's some sort of gray where there's just coaches, like you said, that are lacking passion and on their phone or sipping their coffee during class. You, things anybody can say but they can still be said by someone that cares. They just need to be better at actually coaching. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and for a lot of people, that's a struggle. And that's, you know, Whiteboard Daily has something coming out in the near future that's going to help all coaches improve in, in that aspect, especially the idea of seeing and correcting. Because in my experience, most people, when they struggle with coaching, they struggle with seeing and correcting, right? Mm -hmm. We can teach, yeah. you, you learn how to kind of, go through the motions, especially if you know the movements and you know the progressions, demonstration, group management, presence and attitude. For most people, they're there. Like if you're in front of a class, you typically have decent presence. You don't meet a lot of grumpy full-time coaches. You really don't, no. You know, and then the demonstration happens. You know, I think we can all improve our movement pattern, but they're decent. But yeah, when we go from here, we're basically saying 
are you a cheerleader or are you a coach? And, yes. th and there needs to be, like I said, some overlap because mm -hmm. if you're only throwing out cues all class, I think that can have its detriments as well. Do you agree with that? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And there's no question that um, you need to be able to help motivate people. Uh, you need to be, to a certain extent, you need to be able to inspire uh, people. Uh, you need to help people get enthused to move and improve their life and have fun. And you need to have a, um, some energy about you, a vibe, uh, something that attracts people to you. Some people have it more than others. Um, but also, you know, you need to provide some constructive feedback. You can't just always be saying, 10 seconds to go, everybody. 10 seconds, okay. Keep going, keep going. Almost there, yeah. Almost, almost there, yeah. And, uh, um, <laughs> there have been so many times, especially when I was early in my career, or early in my coaching, and I would be around other young coaches too. And, and I, feel, I feel like we kept on always saying the same things during the same time to the same workouts where you're, you're doing like a Tabata. And instead of like walking around the room and kind of helping each other, uh, you know, notice people's movement patterns and, and help them with feedback while they're moving. Um, you end up just being the counter. You end up just like counting down and counting up and, and that sort of thing. And I, again, I think that if you really want to be a great coach, you have to have the perspective of, and again, I, I got this nugget from uh, active life. Their big thing is turn pro and you have to have a perspective that you are going to turn pro in your mind. You need to treat yourself as a professional and that means showing up ready to, ready to work, <laughs> ready to uh, be professional, dress, dress a certain way, dress presentable, um, you know, uh, be, a, be present, uh, ready to interact with people. There's another post that we recently did about coaches should need to ask a second question, right? You know, it's so easy when somebody walks in, hey, how you doing? Okay, cool. You go on the next person, but like to really show um, some uh, interest in people. I think that goes a long way. What do you think? That's another Chuck Carswellism. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> right. You know, he always says, "Ask one more question." And I, I got a funny story about that. We, my wife and I, were in Hawaii at CrossFit Kailua, and we became friends with a former owner. His name is Gil, and I started asking him a question, and I asked him one more. Thirty minutes later, my wife was like, "Can we go?" <laughs> and I was like. Gil just went off on a tangent, you know, and I think I love seeing that twinkle and sparkle in someone's eye when you've asked the question that no one's asked them in a long time or that gets them really fired up. Um, you know, on my other podcast, I remember interviewing Coach Bergner and I asked him about his high school football career and he, the smile on his face was like, you know, it took up the entire, you know, computer on my Zoom call. Oh my and I think, I think that's what's really important. And that's what you become good at. You know, coaching is about helping people move better. But, uh, you know, I put something up last week about this. You know, it's actually today I'm writing it. But it's, you know, last week by the time the listeners hear this. And, you know, I haven't completely formed this, this sentiment. But it's going to be something along the lines of, if you don't get, like, true joy in pushing people and yeah. making them better, like deep down true joy, this is not the career for you. And mm -hmm. last night, you know, this is, you know, last Monday now, I was coaching over at the box and this guy, James, he's probably in his early to mid fifties, so, uh, you know, 20 to 30 pounds overweight, but just a 
fantastically nice guy. Every time he comes in and Rocky's there, he pets Rocky and he's just so nice. And there was um, assault bike intervals and it was hard and he was struggling. And I got, you know, the last round, I was like, James, you, you have to make this. Like you've done this, like you can do it. And I knew he was not wanting to. And if I would have turned my back, he wouldn't have done it. And he made it. And the reason I, it made me feel so good is because, you know, in that moment he was proud, but more importantly, like I know what he's going to feel like when he goes home at night, yeah, yeah. he's going to go to bed and think to himself, I had a great day. Yeah. And, and if you don't want that for every single person at the box, this isn't for you. I mean, Absolutely. that's what, you know, that, that's what gets you there coaching three hours in a row, giving all of your energy. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that, that's what does it. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to say, you know, you mentioned active life a couple of times. I'm taking one of their seminars. It'll be this week. Um, maybe you can hop on too. Let me reach out to Sean assessment seminar for coaches. It's uh, oh, very cool. October yeah. 15th and 16th. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I mean, I, as coaches, I, we have to learn. We have to oh. always be pursuing more. And Dr. Sean Pastuch, you know, not only would I consider him a close friend, but he's a great dude. He's, I mean, just, I mean, talk about turn pro talk about uh, taking things to the next level and just really like, really what it comes down to is just taking yourself serious, you know, like really taking an introspective look and saying, you know, what do you want to do in life? Do you want to be a coach? Well, then let's get it. Let's do it. Let's be serious about it. Like it's, let's invest in yourself, invest in your knowledge, take care of yourself, lead by example. So uh, yeah, big, big fan of Dr. Sean as well. So cool yeah, if, if you guys, if anyone's listening, they want to hop on, I can probably get them hooked up with a, with a discount to this, you know, it's $399, but we can probably get about $200 off if you're a fan of whiteboard daily and the whiteboard weekly podcast. So just DM awesome. us or email, email us or, or what have you, you know, throw out the whiteboard daily bat signal for Carl and uh, <laughs> it, it'll be great. Yeah. So, so as you're going through this list and you're saying things, anybody can say versus things a, a great coach says, Where's, where's the gray? You know, obviously three, two, one go has to be said, obviously yes. we need to throw out a couple of good jobs. And, you know, I was doing those interval coaching last night. Like I said, there's a lot of let's go, you know, almost there 10 more seconds. So where's the gray, where's the balance of being a cheerleader and becoming a, an amazing coach? Uh, the gray area, I think kind of falls in that area or that, that uh, section when we talk about, uh, following up um, and whenever a, an athlete moves there's going to be three responses that can happen it can either their movement was either the same it was either better or is either worse and a the difference between a good coach who who probably initiated um, see initiated that uh, review of the movements of the athlete's movement um, a great coach is going to follow up with the same, better or worse and say, listen, Hey, you move this exact same again. This is what we want to do. This is what I'm seeing from you. And this is what I want to, what I want to see. Um, so I think the follow-up is really, uh, that dictates the, um, the gray area because that shows where the person is actually taking another step to actually following through with, um, with the feedback and feedback is such a massive part of coaching. I, 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 how do you feel about that? Yeah, you have a great drawing out there, which maybe we'll repost as well, that same, sure. better, worse. And, and that's really something I, I developed at the level one when I was interning. 
you know, you watch movement and I think, I think you could do this as just, you know, any coach at any box, yeah. you need to watch. And, and I'm going to throw out a Glassman quote. And I always, I say this a lot and it comes off as very harsh as many of coach Glassman's original quotes did, but it's don't let your eyes get used to shitty movement. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, when, when, when I've said that to people, you know, I'll say it a lot at the level twos, you know, be watching someone coach the participants and they'll just let either bad movement or the same movement, like mm -hmm. you just said, continue to happen. I said, like, don't let your eyes get used to shitty movement. I'm not implying you're moving terribly. I'm not implying you're a bad person even. I'm just saying, if you see something, say something. It's like the TSA. And, and too yeah. often, I think this is one of the mindsets. It's like, oh, that's uh, Sally. Sally, you know, lets her knees cave in when she squats, can't do anything about it. Oh, that's Bob. Bob struggles to get his elbows up. Yeah, that may be the case. What are you doing to fix it? And, and you know, either saying to them, like you said, hey, that's the same as it was, but you need to be able to get that 1% better from everybody. Yeah. You know, hey, Sally, I noticed your knees always cave in. Can you give me just a quarter inch out? Mm -hmm. Great. Now do that again. You know, and, and, and that's then where the cheerleading comes in. Because what I yeah. said earlier is, you know, I always tell people, and this because of Nicole Carroll quote, like, you got to be yourself at an 11. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think many of yeah. our listeners will get this reference, but the spinal no. tap reference. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I throw it out at level two lectures. I'm like, you need to be at 11. And I'm like, but ours go, you know, ours goes to 11 from spinal tap. And that just means being the biggest, best version of yourself. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. when you see Carl coach and you see Jason coach, it looks completely different. Yeah. But it's Carl's. You know, because if I tried to be Carl or Carl tried to be me, it wouldn't be right. And yeah. and you need to be that bigger version of yourself, throw out those cues, and then going back to things anybody can say, then be the cheerleader. Because yeah. if you're if you're if you're like a drill sergeant, you know, all the time. Yeah. Right. And that's not bad. If you're a military guy, I've told people that. Like lean into that. Be mm -hmm. the military guy. Cause trust me, there are people at your box that want that. Yeah. But you need to be the military guy that also has a sweet spot of like, Hey Susie, I see you. Nice job. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what, you, you touched on something that I also, I feel very passionate about uh, with regard to, um, you know, increasing your knowledge. You talked about don't letting your, don't let your eyes get used to shitty movement. And I, I like the analogy of comparing like coaching to, uh, a professional athlete in the sense that you have this uh, performance um, that you're doing. Okay. Like when Michael Jordan goes out, when he would go out to go play, everyone's watching him. He's a performer, um, but he's also performing at a very high level. And what do athletes that perform, who perform at a high level, uh, what do they do uh, when they're not performing? They are practicing, uh, but they're also watching game film. I played college basketball. We watch game film all the time. And when you do that, you're able to slow down and speed up and, and run things back over and over and over again. And you start to see the movements of the other team and, and how they pass the ball or whatever. And I can't stress the importance enough of, of recording yourself when you're coaching, but also looking at recordings of, uh, movement patterns of other people and being able to slow things down. And like, I'll take a video of myself, um, you know, lifting or something like that. And I will just 
you know, because I'm drawing all the time I'm, I'm, and I'm drawing, uh, you know, how to snatch or whatever. And I'm, I'm going through on my phone, you know, you can, you can kind of toggle and you can go in slow-mo and uh, go frame by frame and go forward and go frame by frame and go backward. And I'm able to see like, okay, exactly where the errors start, start and when something might correct itself or whether it doesn't correct itself or how I compensate or how I overcorrect. And that is like such an important part of learning. And we live in this day and age now where we have these awesome devices to record movement whenever we want to. And I just hope that people aren't just like taking videos of themselves and posting them up on social media just for that, but take the time to actually look at the movement and, and learn from it. So I don't know, how do you feel about that? I think you're absolutely right. I say that often. I'm like, you guys all walk around with a camera in your pocket. Like, yeah. this is a crazy time. Like, I remember when I used to have to carry um, a point and shoot digital yeah. camera at the box, like it was before yeah. iPhones. You know, now everyone's got one. And whether it's your whiteboard brief, you should be filming, whether it's you working one on one, whether it's an entire class, or one of the biggest learning opportunities I ever had was when. I videoed myself doing the nine foundational movements just for my own demonstration purposes. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize I leaned forward in my push press or I didn't realize I don't open my hips yeah. in the medicine ball clean. Like we need to be doing that. I think, I think really what this post is about is comfort and your comfort zone as a coach. Mm -hmm. Like you yeah. said, you know, I think this day and age being a coach is kind of like the cool thing to do. Yeah. Like, I'm a coach and you know, I get to boss the class around and I'm in charge and I'm probably one of the fitter people here at the box. But, you know, I put up a post last week where it's like, Hey, everybody wants to do coach things or everybody yeah. wants to be a coach until it's time to do coach things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those are coach things like yeah. coach coach things are show up to class 15 minutes early, be prepared to stick around for 15 minutes, video yourself, coaching video, your athletes coaching, ask one more question all of the intangible, I mean, and really that's presence and attitude, but mm -hmm. you know, you know, and I, I don't want to shed too much light on this new project that we have, cause I'm really yeah. excited about it. But, mm -hmm. but, it, but I, I tell people like, Hey, for a lot of coaches, you coach two to four hours a week, you know, maybe twice a week, you're coaching two hours. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to get better in that time because you have so much to focus on. Yeah. You'll get a little better every class. But to really become a good coach, you need to study the movements. And when you study the movements outside of class, all of a sudden it's like showing up with, you know, x-ray glasses yeah. or, you know, 20-20 yeah. vision. Cause you're like, oh, I studied the air squat. Yeah. I now know to look for heels, for knees, for depth, for chest up, for line of action. Yeah. Yeah. And, and your eyes get better trained from studying the movements. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's important almost to spend like that time. It's almost like uh, the Matrix. I just saw the Matrix Four is coming out sometime soon. I, I love the Matrix, but you're able you to. Yeah, like, I never got behind the Matrix. But oh that's my gosh! Another podcast, Carl. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but anyway, you can like you can slow things down and you can see things. And and for me, when I first started, uh, it was so easy. I I would be watching Sue or Bob. Are these real people, by the no. way, or are these just okay? I mean, in my mind, yeah, I'm I'm protecting their anonymity right now. Yeah, I um, gotcha. But I would see them do some kind of complex. It might be, we'll say a dumbbell snatch or a barbell snatch or whatever. Uh, something that involves just a, a symphony of joint movement. And, and I would see like, okay, I know something's wrong here. Uh, and I'll say, okay, go ahead and 
and have it have a go and you know go for it and uh they would do it and the same thing would happen the same air would happen it's like gosh what is going on here i don't know what's going on and being able to uh, triage a train wreck or triage uh, some massive movement pattern error is a big key to doing all this. And, and you can own that only happens uh, through experience. You're right. And seeing uh, a common error that happens in many other different athletes and how other different athletes um, are able to correct it. And so many times it just comes down to stance, grip, and position, really. Uh, those three things. And always, always for me at least, always start with the feet. Uh, the feet usually tell tell the story well not usually the feet tell the that's story. A, i agree with you on that yeah and there's I've heard many people on staff say the same thing yeah there's a, a post that i did it's a foot in a rocking chair like an old grandfather saying come and gather around everyone let me tell you a story and it's it's um yeah the you gotta watch those feet more than anything else then that allows you to like break down everything else be like okay they're coming up on their toes earlier or they're way back on their heels or they're rolling out to the side and because the only way that we're connected to the ground is through the feet. So that's a pretty important aspect. Let's start with the feet and let's work our way from there. You know, some, something you said that I think, hopefully we get a lot of coaches, box owners, but even athletes listening, but for the coaches specifically, you know, I think that first step of like watching, and I think that's a, I mean, a first step is actually watch reps. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I, I watch coaches when I'm giving an evaluation, I'm watching the coach's eyes. Cause I'm looking to see how many people are you trying to watch on this one rep? And if it's more than one, you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe you catch someone else out of your peripheral, but you need to be focused on this one person. And then I think the first thing you should be addressing, like you said is, okay, I saw something wrong. Mm -hmm. Now, at least, you know, okay, what am I looking for in them? That's a really great first step. And, and I also think depending on what the workout is or what part of part of the class you're at, there's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, Sue, give me one more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, take that time and, and really look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, Sue, she knows that she's not moving correctly and she knows that it doesn't feel right. And, um, and she, but she also wants to get better too. And, and hopefully you're the type of coach that understands that, uh, you need to, you can't, uh, you need to identify these movement patterns, uh, with light weight, light manageable weight. Um, and also, we talked about this before, that's also the primary time when you're introducing new cues. We don't want to introduce new cues when athletes are going for uh, heavy one rep maxes and whatnot. So um, yeah, there's a time and place for everything. Uh, the one thing also that I wanted to uh, communicate with this post was um, the, the, there's a lot of power in the name. There's like a power in knowing someone's name and being able to identify that person out of a group. Uh, Will Fleming, and we've talked about Will, I've, I've brought up Will many times before. He had a really cool post that I think I'll probably draw this one up as well. Um, but he says, learn your athletes forward and like forward. Like oh, this. yeah. I've and, heard that from Pat Barber. I love that expression. Sure. Yeah, right. So, and the forward is an acronym for family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. And so, really, everyone's got a forward. And everyone, had, and if you're able to identify maybe just a little snippet of each one of those things, that's going to go a long way in the relationship that you have with your athlete. Um, so, and, and the, the number one thing that you have to do before you even do that 
is make sure that you're calling people by name uh, whenever they come in. And again, we live in this day and age when we have awesome technology that allows us to track members and have pictures with their profile on uh, whatever kind of check-in software system that you're using and social media or whatever. But like you can, if you don't know somebody's name who comes to your class, um, humble yourself and just straight up say, listen, hey, I'm sorry, what was your name? And repeat it. You got, you cannot claim to be bad with names if you want to be a good coach. You must. Yeah, be. it's. You, you hear it's, what I'm saying? I totally get it. It was funny because the other day, one of the coaches I took class and they're like, what's your superpower? Like, we got the question <laughs> of the day and mine was remembering names. Yeah. And it's a skill. I wouldn't have answered that way 10 years ago. Yeah. But it's a skill. And I think what you said is, is absolutely right. Like some, you know, you don't want to get to that point like three weeks later. Right. You know, it's mm -hmm. the second time, third time you met somebody. Hey, I forgot your name. What was your name again? Like there's no shame in that. And the worst is when you're like, like I said, it's like now a year goes by and you're like, Hey buddy, you know, like, <laughs> what's you, up you know? dude. <laughs> oh, and, 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 you know, really having a, a call back to earlier in the podcast with that Ford, I think it's challenging for newer coaches. I think we're probably throwing out some high level stuff without realizing it. And that asks one more question. If you're like, Oh man, what do I do? Go back to that Ford that Carl just said and family occupation, recreation, dream. If you don't know all four of those dig in. Yeah. Hey, Hey Carl, you know, are, are you married? Uh, you know, yeah, my wife Sue, you know, she comes to the six o'clock late and all of a sudden mm -hmm. you have more to talk about her. You know, what do you do for a living? you know it, it really that's an easy go-to pat barber is where i heard that from but it, you know it's obviously a, a pretty common expression you know and, and when it comes to names what are your thoughts on this i always tell people i'd rather see names when it comes to positive feedback than a cue i think it's important i think yeah, yeah. the more you can use names the better yeah but if, if you say let's use one of the quotes you have on the image, great foot position. You just generalize it to the class. Yeah. All of a sudden the entire class is like, yeah, I got great yeah. foot position, <laughs> but really you meant to say Sarah, great foot position, yeah. you know, Johnny, take your feet wider, move them in where yeah. if, if you're giving a cue of, Hey, knees out and you generalize it, all of a sudden 12 people drive their knees out. Yeah. Right. I, I do agree with you. The more you can use names, the better, yeah. Yeah. but at a minimum, if you're going to give praise, yeah. try to use a name. It also makes them feel special. Yeah. You know, I would, if, if we're going to give it a challenge on this episode, my challenge for the coaches would be you need to use everyone's name three times in class. And that usually looks like the warm up, the workout, the cool down. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's hard to keep track. I'm, I'm actually heading in to do a class evaluation on one of our coaches now. And that's, that's one of the things I'll do. I'll write down everyone's name. Yeah. And every time I hear it, I'll draw a check mark. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's another another post I've done uh, regarding um, Ben Bergeron. He said every every member can expect to hear their name at least three times uh, during a class. So it it really comes down to the coach striving for virtuosity, going the extra step, and showing that they care. Um, and by doing so, you you can't help but but use people's names. I think that's the number one, a one reason for, um, for showing that you care. So, yep. Good stuff. You just really see their faces light up. Yeah, you sure you do. Know, and, and that's what it's all about. I hope that the listeners are grasping that 
overarching concept of today's episode. Like coaching is all, you know, there's, there's not many jobs where you just need to exude passion and care like this, you know, yeah. another, another, that made me think of another coach glass and quote, he was, I was there, he was at Reebok in Massachusetts, the original one. And uh, he was doing a Q and A and somebody said, Hey, what's the key to running a successful affiliate? Oh yeah. And his, and his response was care, 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 care. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, you know, I'm sure you've had the question a lot. I've had it so many times or the same question of like, how do I run a good affiliate? Or what's the key? And they want, they want like tangible, like, okay, these are your class times. This yeah, is the right. programming to follow. This yeah. is the equipment to buy. Yeah. And while all of that has some importance, none of it matters. You know, what's the quote, Carl? Like, I don't care how much you know until I know how much you care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, right. it's none of that matters. You can have the shiniest equipment and the coolest new programming and your members will not stay if you don't show them that, you know, this is about them and you care. Yeah. How clean are your bathrooms? Right. That's yeah. That's another, that's another glass. Another glass yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, if you care, uh, it doesn't matter what kind of equipment you have or what, if, if the experience is that when they go there and the bathroom's a disaster, that shows that you really don't care about um, the full, the full experience uh, or the well being of your, of your athlete. So um, yeah, again, um, I'm super passionate about this and I hope people kind of understand where we're coming from. You mentioned something earlier about how nowadays coaching is like the cool thing to do. And I think you are absolutely right. I remember Gary Vaynerchuk said something about like, he was, he was an entrepreneur before entrepreneurship was cool. And I feel like a lot of coaches, especially nowadays with social media feel like they are, and it's true uh, to a very big degree uh, that, coaches are influencers and um, people go to them for advice and knowledge and, and inspiration. And you, with that comes a lot of uh, responsibility. If you are going to claim that you are a coach, uh, you better, you better make sure that you're following up with, um, uh, with the right actions. So um, with great power comes great responsibility, just like, Spider-Man. That's what I was thinking. I'm glad you said it. Who said that? Spider-Man? Is that a Peter Parker? I'm pretty sure it's a Peter Parker. Yeah. And <laughs> I think Aunt May said that. Gotcha. Well, I love it, Carl. I think we really did a great job on this. You want to tie a bow on it? Yeah, I'll tie a bow on it. Real quick, though, I'm looking at my notes. I want to, this is another one that, another drawing idea that we need to put down. I, I like your TSA, pre, your TSA check about if you see something, say something. I think coaches, listen up. If you see something, say something. That's why your athlete is coming to your class is because they want to get better and they can't get better unless you're going to say something. I guarantee you're going to see some kind of movement pattern that needs to be improved. Anyway, Jason, it's been an honor sitting down with you as it always is. Uh, I'm so excited to see Whiteboard Daily grow, um, especially on this platform, Whiteboard Weekly. Uh, Thank you so much to the listener for tuning in. Uh, please be sure to give us a review. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us. I guarantee, I promise you, promise you, promise you that we're going to keep on bringing the good stuff. And uh, Jason, just like we always say, a high tide lifts all boats. So together, let's keep on rising those tides. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Whiteboard Weekly. On behalf of Carl and myself, Jason Ackerman, We really appreciate the download. We really appreciate you sharing our episodes with friends, families, 
your box owner, your buddies at the gym, anyone that's willing to listen to us talk about all things CrossFit, all things coaching, and all things coaches development. We do this because we have an absolute love and passion for it. And we hope that you can tell that through our talking and through each episode. If you haven't already, please feel free to leave us a review on any podcast platform. It goes a long way in helping us spread the word. Once again, thanks again for listening.